Uh, good evening, everybody. What a beautiful, beautiful evening. What a beautiful chapel. This reminds me of our sending church in Sirencester. Um, unfortunately, we sold that building, uh, which is a shame and another story for another day. But uh, thank you for letting me be here this evening and share about Teach Beyond. And just quickly, how many of you actually may have heard of Teach Beyond? One person, thank you. Okay, that's great. One fan, okay. But just one person so far. Um, we are a kind of a relatively new organization here in the United Kingdom, but actually have been going since 1956. And so there's quite a lot of history I'd like to share with you tonight, if I may, um, about who we are and what we do. But also I'd love to show you the impact of what education is doing through the world for God tonight. Um, before I start, I mean, who am I? Uh, so my name is Matt Coe. I serve as the National Director for Teach Beyond United Kingdom. Um, and if you ask me when I was a young boy what I was going to do with my life, I was going to be the England cricket captain. That was that. Cricket, cricket, cricket. So I was doing quite well at that point. If you'd said I was going to be a Christian, grew up in a very non-Christian home, um, I would have said absolutely no chance. No, no, no. Um, if you said I was a missionary at one point or a cross-cultural worker, I would have said I've no idea what you're talking about. Quite honestly, absolutely no clue. It's a very unchurched background that I grew up with. And I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but I am the first generation Christian in my family. What was really interesting, a part of my story, is that I married or met and married Brahmin, um, who grew up not only in a Christian family, but was born in Japan from missionary parents. So it's quite an interesting story. I came from this side. She came kind of from that side, if that makes sense. And praise God, we're united as one and are blessed with three boys, one daughter-in-law and a granddaughter recently, which is absolutely beautiful. So here we are uh, tonight, and we're going to share a little bit about Teach Beyond uh, as I go. So the first thing I'd love to share is you know, kind of why Teach Beyond? Why are we as a mission agency, a mission organization, so keen on the power of transformational education? It is quite a niche for us, and I appreciate that. I think, do I, do I, am I hearing right? Some of the people who have served cross-culturally here as well, is that, is that right? And having looked at your mission board, I appreciate that this church really does support world mission, which is fantastic, and I encourage it further and further beyond. But um, I'd love to think about this, how God is changing the world through transformational education. So what is it really? Well, I'd like to show you some bits and pieces what this means. Why teach beyond? And I'll let you read. As a, I'm a teacher by trade. Um, now please don't judge me too heavily now, but I'm a PE teacher by trade. Okay, and I was serving uh, in the UK, well, taught in the UK for 10 years. Um, and then called uh, to serve at Grace International School in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Uh, back in, let me get this right, 2005, 2006. I'm saying that right, aren't I? December 05, that's right. Um, and actually, when we went over there, we went kind of independently, sent like a church, like yourselves, um, and we were serving with InterServe that you may have uh, heard of here in this congregation tonight. It was when we actually went to Black Forest Academy where I met Colin um, with a guy. He, he kind of underplayed a little bit how we met there, to be honest with you. This friend of ours actually said to us, there's a big, tall Scottish fella here that plays rugby. You might like him. <laughs> and I walked down the road, and there we met, and we got on very well very quickly and talked about rugby and the joys he kind of had and the highs and lows of rugby and my kind of life in cricket. And we got on very well. So thank you, Colin, for keeping the faith with us and letting us be here tonight. But we served in Chiang Mai. We went to Germany. Um, and it was at that point we changed from InterServe because they weren't sending people to Germany. The British people in Germany is quite a unique thing, actually. But the school was set up by the Ams brothers who became Teach Beyond. And I'm going to give you a little bit of history now. But as a good teacher, going back to my original point, 
I hope not to read over every slide I bring you. So if I ask you to read the slide, would that be okay? Can I just trust you to read the slide that's in front of you? Tonight I hope to do a little bit of interaction. If you have a question at any point as I go through these slides in this presentation, I'm very, very willing to stop and listen to your question because if you're thinking it, I suspect others will be at the same time. So if you would like to ask these questions. So have a look at this, if you may, and just read that on the board, why we're called Teach Beyond. Okay. So pretty straightforward. Predominantly education is at the heart of it. I'd like to just get rid of a misnomer straight away that everyone who works for us is a teacher. I think we understand. If you went back to your school days, you remember there was an awful lot of people that made a school work. And so if you're sitting here tonight, maybe as a teacher, or you're sitting here tonight as someone who's worked in maintenance or has worked in uh, cooking, for example, or worked in kitchens, or someone who's worked in various fields, there's opportunities for you to serve with our agency because education is not just stuck to teachers teaching the classroom, though it is a main thrust. We're always looking for people who may be inspired by his spirit to think about serving cross-culture in a variety of different ways and almost in a career change at some times as well. So I'd love you to think about that as we go through. But as we go through, you won't be able to see what's up there particularly. Uh, so forgive me, or maybe you will, but the dates are quite important. But there is the Yans team, and this is the part of the history I just alluded to at the beginning here. Um, there was post-war... Uh, Germany, uh, 1952, in fact, the Yans brothers uh, from Alberta and Calgary um, chose to go to Germany to start actually proselytizing and singing his good name. And it was pre-Billy uh, pre, uh, Graham um, and pre-Youth for Christ when they entered the country. So the Yans brothers were there, and you, I don't know if you can see that particularly clearly, but you can see by the end of their work that they did with uh, radio stations and the crusades that they did, there was about 10,000 people attending. It was quite extraordinary, so much so Youth for Christ and Billy Graham were saying, can you fill in the gaps as we come around and around? So even now in modern-day Germany where Black Forest Academy became, and one of the dates will be 1956 up there that says when Black Forest Academy was set up, it was their faithfulness and their commitment to share the good news that actually their children became the first children of Black Forest Academy. And it was those children that then became Black Forest Academy, which now has about 300 kids on site. But it was about 10, uh, sorry, 2009 where actually the Yans team said it's time for us to step away and new management kind of came and said let's use this platform of education we see how powerful education is in the lives of children let's think about maybe a more global perspective and so from uh, 2009 the organization became Teach Beyond and of which the UK is a, um, a sending agency we've sent over 20 people uh, across the world to this point and in fact there's more to come so you'll see up there it started with these faithful brothers in fact at Black Forest Academy when I was working there we had the third generation go through the school and we were able to see them grow so these are missionary kids now how many of you know what a missionary kid looks like? yes? Is that, have I got any kids who grew up on the mission field here? Fantastic. Where did you grow up? Nigeria. Nigeria. Yeah. I have, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So we were on the mission field, I say, or working cross-culturally for 16 years, 11 years in Thailand and five years in Germany. And coming back to live near Lancaster has been the biggest cultural shock I've faced in my life to this point. They all talk funny up there. And it's just really interesting to learn back into the United Kingdom. But I think for Bronwyn, you know, uh, was born in Japan, and she would say her first uh, identity crisis was at five years old, asking my mum, I don't, am I a foreigner? 
my guiding and those kind of things. And Bronwyn has many stories behind that. But anyway, we, let's move on. I'd love to show you, if it's a point, how this has grown. Um, I'd like to show you what our vision, our mission, our values are, um, who we partner with. Uh, I'd love to show you some stories from around the world, what God is doing. But I hope you can see that this is a, a mission organization that has grown exponentially recently. It's almost bucking the trend, in fact, um, that we're growing because schools are now approaching us a lot of the time saying, please, can you help? And we are. And so we, we do send missionaries but we also provide educational services at the same time. So we're offering training to teachers around the world. In fact, there was just a conference recently uh, in Albania for 200 Albanian teachers, which was run by our organization, helping them know how to teach uh, better or more cross-culturally, as we've just been alluding to. So we offer a lot of different services as we go. Um, so as we uh, move on, I just would like to show you some basic things here. Um, well, I'll let you read these for you. We're an organization that believes, how can we help you? We're not coming in saying, this is how to do it. It's really important. And you'll see in our values how this becomes really clear. Is that pretty clear up there? Yeah. I just want to just stop here for just a second and just focus on these four values. Um, we did have actually nine values. And I work, yeah, I don't know if you've worked in the kind of world of trying to create values for your organization, but having nine is a tough gig to work with. That's a lot of filters you've got to go through for every decision. So thankfully, um, about uh, no more longer than about six months ago, we created four. We actually chose four, humility, and it stands, the acronym is HELP. You know, how can we help? That's quite helpful in that respect. But humility, excellence, love, and partnership. And it stems from a, a joy of humbly asking people, how can we help you? I think that back in the 50s and 60s and potentially the 1970s, it was very much a colonialistic mentality of here's how to do things. We've deliberately said, how can we get? So we're globally empowering people, but locally enhancing and equipping people, we pray, to really bring the good news to everyone they come into contact with. And I think humility is vital. I think I've read, I do on my side job, as well as national director, is I lead leadership development um, for our leaders worldwide. And one of the things I've read in Christian leadership books over and over again, did a synopsis really, one of the most important values or virtues is humility. Sadly lacking, is it not, at certain times. And so we really wish to exhibit humility the best we can. How we want to give God excellence in everything that we do and not give him average. I think we, we believe God deserves excellence. We are to love, love him more. We are to love others more each and every day. And partnership is absolutely vital to us. This isn't about teach beyond. It's about building God's kingdom. And we're just the vessel through education. And if that's something that touches your heart, then we will happily talk to you about how we might be able to help you, you know, fulfill maybe something that the Lord's placed in your heart to maybe serve abroad. Because education is our way. As I'm talking to other national directors in the country, just having a wonderful time connecting with Wycliffe and um, uh, InterServe and many others, it's a case of, oh, yeah, you guys do education. Yeah, that's what, what we do. We're not doing many other things. It's purely the vessel of education, and we love to partner um, and certainly love to talk to you more about this as we go. Uh, there will be a video coming up shortly as well, and I just want to preface it. It doesn't come with a British accent. Okay, we're working on that now, but it's a video that's a good mission video that shows what we kind of do um, as we go through. But again, hopefully you get this kind of beginning phase of this presentation time. You kind of get the flavor um, of who we are. So let's see. The whole world is in desperate need of faith, hope, and love. Our calling as followers of Jesus is to be obedient as God redeems and transforms people around the world. We are a global movement providing transformational education to children and adults in order to see individuals and societies become all God intends. 
This education occurs anywhere a learning environment exists. From international schools to universities, language centers to English camps, our global calling goes beyond just the geographic to a calling to serve all levels of society, including the marginalized and poor. Regardless of the educational setting, we seek to bring services that are biblically grounded, high quality, holistic, and culturally relevant. Knowing that God often uses these educational environments to transform individuals, families, communities, and even whole societies, members of Teach Beyond are committed to becoming effective models of a transformed and transformational life. We desire to foster the transformational education movement around the world through recruiting, training, and equipping that will support educators and learners alike to become holistically healthy as they come to understand what it means to be formed in the image of Christ. Our members are teachers, administrators, support staff, and short-term volunteers called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We have seen God at work through our 900-plus active members who serve in more than 60 partner organizations in over 60 countries. God is actively using Teach Beyond to accomplish His redemptive purposes. We invite you to be a part of God's amazing and transformational work around the world with Teach Beyond. I think there's a key sentence in there is that regardless of what the situation is, regardless of the cultural context. So I'm going to share with you, if I may, just understanding of where we and what we do regarding, regarding education, actually. It's not just teaching in a classroom. There's actually, uh, I would say, in a you know, regular school setting. We are teaching in extraordinary places around the world that he has created. And so different vessels are up there. So we do teach in schools, clearly. There are schools for national children uh, run by uh, Christian members. There are schools for missionary kids, as I've alluded to, um, as mentioned, like Black Forest Academy, where the population of the school is roughly about 80 to 85% missionary kids, the same at Grayson's National School in Thailand, uh, the same at Rift Valley, uh, for example, and Faith Academy, where the numbers are slightly changing. But there are a number of missionary hubs around the world that you may or may not know of. And so we help teach the missionary kids as well, which is a big deal. Um, we also uh, work with higher education. I have a, a couple of British of our um, members who are actually serving in uh, a university in Addis Ababa right now, for example. And we work with higher education establishments around the world. Um, we hope training up pastors as we go through through that vessel of education. Uh, Beyond Borders, I'm going to share a story from there shortly, but Beyond Borders is our refugee ministry. So presently we have a number of uh, teachers who are working in Lesbos, um, right now, working the camps, you've seen everything that's going on. I hope you know you've been stirred to do something at the same time. But we're not just working there, but funny enough, we're working in Nigeria as well, in refugee camps across the world. So Beyond Borders is a refugee educational ministry. Open Schools um, has been going now for over 20 years. It was started in Ireland, and that is for children marginalized who can't even get to a normal school if that makes sense. Currently working across Africa um, and so on and so forth, and our Open Schools director is serving in South Africa right now. But Open Schools, I'll share a story about Open Schools, if I may. Lingo is about camps. 
we found serving abroad how important the vessel of English was for many a time. We're talking about sports camps now. I'm just using, again, another vessel to help proclaim God's uh, uh, wonder. And then others uh, include just a whole range of different things. For example, um, I don't know if you can pick this, but in Vietnam, we're running a swimming school right now which is amazing. Another vessel to reach his kingdom through a swim school. Again, education through a physical form, which I'm kind of used to and quite like, but there is running in Vietnam right now. So there's a whole slew, a whole variety of different educational ways we pray to you know, bring uh, God's grace and the good news to various others. On the board there, you'll just see just a few of the partnership schools that we have. Uh, presently, uh, Teach Beyond kind of is a family. We call it a family of Teach Beyond schools. You, if a, in a more crass term, say we own the schools, but over 40 schools at the moment around the world um, and projects around the world, and some of them are up there. I don't know if you recognize any of those names up there, but truly right across the world, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time showing that. Before I do, can I just ask you this question? Um, did you enjoy school? Yes. Yeah, no, yes, no, yes, no. Can I just ask it? I asked this question, I, I wish I never had, but I'm going to do it again. How many of you enjoyed PE teachers when you were at school? One, two, oh, what a relief. Thank you, three, good. Because we get quite a hard time, actually, PE teachers at times, and probably justifiably so. But one of the biggest things we ask our teachers is, if you go back to that time when you were at school, can you remember your favorite teacher? Yeah? Can you remember your favorite teacher? And can I ask you, what was it about that teacher? that made you just love that teacher. And feel free to speak out. I'm going to just open mic it here. Yeah, no doubt. Bring the subject to life. Encourage me to do well. Encourage you to work? Yeah, brilliant. Caring. Caring. Caring, absolutely right. Kind of asking the question, how are you? And actually willing to hear the answer. Not just a glib question. Teachers, you can see the difference, can't you? Yeah, we still see it to this very, very day. We see so that children actually understand a teacher that really cares, that is enthusiastic, is everything you've said, and the teachers that are not. And we pray every single day for teachers who can be the most incredible role models for every child or adult they come in front of. That's our charge. That's excellence. doesn't matter the subject matter. It's how important the role model is to reflect Jesus Christ to each of those young people in their lives that have come across there. It doesn't matter if it's on a floor of a refugee gym camp, into a lovely classroom, or into under a jungle tree, literally. It's the person who is transformed first using the vessel of education that we pray leads to a transformation in another. Do you see? It's just that straightforward for us. But it's the importance of the role model. So hold that thought in your head about that teacher as you go. But as I'm going to share some stories with you now, if I may, I'm going to start with open schools and then quickly beyond borders. But to begin with, can you see that? I'd like, I was going to say, like a good teacher, try and change the stimulus. You're going to read this one, then we're going to watch a couple of videos, if that's all right. And you may even talk together. But I'm going to ask you, this is two pages long, but this is a story from open schools reminding you, uh, well, I'll let you read this and just, uh, we'll get some feedback. Just read that for now. And thriving. I actually double-checked the story just recently, and she's thriving. Praise God. It's beyond borders. Many of you have seen pictures online, haven't we, and been affected by what we've seen and, and continue to be uh, seen. But we have teams at the moment who are there, uh, who are working within the camps uh, at this point. And you'll see just a, a couple of pictures here when the children are being educated, not just in kind of regular schooling, but also healthcare. Uh, that we have teams in there at the moment. One wonderful story is that as you think about Teach Beyond UK, please don't think that we're just kind of United Kingdom people going out. Actually, what's happened for us is it's United Kingdom and further beyond. 
Um, so we have missionaries who are sent from America and Canada and the United Kingdom. And what's happened is that we've just recently, presently, um, are orienteering someone, onboarding someone um, who came from Iran um, through this uh, tragedy that happened and actually is staying there and now set up a school himself serving there and we're sponsoring him through it right now. So he's coming through the UK office, we're finding funding for him to do what he's doing. But the work that's going in these refugee camps is, is just quite um, extraordinary and we're looking for people to go constantly. Would you be willing to step out and serve in these refugee camps for a finite amount of time or dare I say for your time? And these are the kind of things we're always asking people, would you prayerfully consider thinking about how we can serve the needs of these children uh, in these camps? So as you can see, there's an impact taking place through education. Um, we have got over a 1,000 members now. The video is 900 plus. It's now over a 1,000 members working around the world. Um, we're working in 242 projects, which is quite extraordinary when you think about it. And that means it's, yes, we own about 40 schools, and there's about another 20 are saying, could we join your family of schools? And again, because we care, quite honestly, in how we serve them best we can. Um, but there's a number of schools said, could you help send us teachers? So I don't know what I'm saying is resonating with you right now. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But I pray that there's going to be something resonating somewhere tonight that you may think, and you may not need to have to come through Teach Beyond, to be honest with you. My call to you is I hope you obey and you trust. That's, that's it. You know, put those two shoes on every day. Trust and obey and walk in them. You know, but I hope there's maybe something that's stirring in you as we talk about impact around the world. So you may have some favorite places around the world. So I'm just going to quickly go around the world and share some impact with you. So in Africa especially, as you can see, um, we have a number of family schools. And I'm sorry these aren't overly clear, but also partnership schools that we don't own per se, but we help support um, by sending teachers, by creating curriculum, by... Um, running conferences for them, etc., etc. In fact, I, want, I need to help share Bromin's role here. She's the child safeguarding lead globally as well, and so the safeguarding team will go into these schools and help create uh, programs and training for everybody that goes there. I don't know if Africa is your favorite place, um, but you can see um, open schools. Which one was the thing, Colin? Was that top one? Thank you. Yeah, there we are. Okay, that's fantastic. So just recently, this is really exciting because Mozambique has just literally come online in the last month. And we're creating entities as we're doing. Um, you can see Fatep. I was working with the director of their Sahel Academy. Do any of these recognize? Do you recognize any of these names? Want to see? Yeah. Is that right? Fantastic. Okay, wonderful to hear. So great, great connections. Dakar and Senegal and so on and so forth. These are part of the projects that we're running here. So 17 countries in Africa to this point, um, 99 programs running, which is actually really rather exciting. Asia, um, this is quite exciting. This is kind of you know very important to us as a family, having served there for many years. Um, you can see huge amount of work is going on in Asia at the moment. Very excitingly. Sorry that you can't see this so clear, but we were kind of here. Here is Thailand. And we were just up there serving in Chiang Mai. Uh, the English camps, uh, incredibly in Central Asia, have borne much fruit recently, which is wonderful. But we've got Whitman Academy in Jordan, for example, um, all the way across into Southeast Asia. Um, you can understand certain countries I'm not going to mention, but you'll see that we work with an awful lot of countries across the world. Now, this leads me to another video. And in this video, I'd like to show you actually what the power of education can do for the child. And I think this is really important for me. Um, honestly, working at Grace International School, I realized that actually it was so important for us to help the child understand their own faith. 
Now, I'm going to show a video from Grace International School, if I may. And it was really interesting. There were so many missionaries there. We served about 350 missionary families. It was quite a huge hub. It's the world's biggest missionary hub right now. And it was very interesting watching the child. And I don't know if you're pastor's kids or those kind of things, but it's very difficult sometimes to live up to mum and dad when you grow up in that world, certainly for missionary kids at times. So one of the things that we really try to hope is help those children find their own faith in their time. And it's their time, you know, and so on and so forth. So we created programs that are very, very, very practical. So I'm going to show you a video now of one of those programs where every single week, and it was born out of uh, PE teaching here, and I was teaching in Sirencester at the time, and a program called Sports Leadership. It doesn't sound like much, but these sports leaders were able to actually run rugby tournaments for all the local primary schools because you empower the child. I get very excited about this stuff. We seem to forget we can empower kids. Don't have to teach them. And sometimes they need to make mistakes, right? But one of the joys we had was setting up this sports leadership program. And you're going to hear from my wonderful colleague, Bob, another American. Um, but it was somewhere who just shares about what this program, this vessel, helped these children find their own faith and bring love to the local community. So I really hope you enjoy this video. At Grace, we realize that not all learning is academic. We're also very concerned about the development of our students' character and their heart. And it was out of this concern for our, our students' heart that the sports leadership program was born. About 10 years ago, a good friend of mine and colleague here at Grace came up with this idea to take our students into villages and to give them opportunities to serve Thai people. Um, and that's when we first started going out. The sports leadership program at Grace focuses on raising up the next generation of Christian leaders who can use the skills that they learn in this class to go out and have an impact all over the world for the kingdom. give up their Saturdays, they give up after school time to go and to serve other people. Like alumni always come back to Grace and they talk about the experiences that they've had on these trips and how it's changed their lives. I've had other schools approach me and say, hey, we see that this, this class is having a huge impact on the lives of your students. How can we use the same model that you guys are using to start a program at our school as well? kids serve from a place of love and not from a place of obligation and that that's something that goes way beyond this class a huge testament to the love of christ that is alive and at work within them so don't you wish when you were a child that you were given a chance to do something you always have to kind of receive information, receive information, and it's great up here, but then applying it. That's one of the joys we have in education is that can you take cognitive learning and actually use it applicably? And I think that's one of the things we love seeing in schools is actually giving, uh, giving honor, shall I say, or giving trust to a younger student to say, how about you lead this meeting? How about you plan this camp? 
And I've seen it time and time again all over the world. And in fact, you may have seen the video we showed before about Dakar Academy, which is in Bangladesh. We're going to start running that program in Dakar. It's running at Black Forest. It's running um, in a school in Indonesia uh, as well. It's about empowering the child, is it not? And hopefully through that as well, another vessel, we hope that they come to know Lord Je- uh, the, sorry, uh, the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now, Europe is growing exponentially at the moment. And you can appreciate, I'm going to show you a video in a second from our national leader in Belarus. Um, but you can see how it has been growing uh, heavily throughout the time. The one thing I'd love to keep working on, however, is actually the United Kingdom. Interesting. We don't have a school in the United Kingdom. I'm just talking to the Christian um, Schools Trust uh, and connecting with them to see what can we do to help each other. Again, the idea of partnership. I don't know if some of you have homeschooled your children or have been involved in Christian schooling, but I have to say, having worked in the secular setting and, and moving into this kind of world, I can see how impactful Christian education is. Now, I appreciate everyone won't agree with me with that. But I can just say hand on heart, I've seen the impact of Christian education on young children and the difference it can make in helping them stand firm in the future for things that they believe in. But here we are in Europe. Um, and again, I don't know if you're ever thinking about you would like to go and help in an English camp within Europe. We run them within uh, Moldova. I was talking to, I don't know if watched the European Song Contest the other night. But every time I see someone walk up, I just think about the national leader in that country. I love the Moldovan one. I don't know if you saw it. Everyone else thinking, my wonderful friend Roman, who is working there right now. But they run English camps every year. I don't know if you're thinking about maybe going, if you'd like to help in Portugal. We're just thinking of ways how we can engage um, churches and other people with, you know, within the United Kingdom. How can we help go out and spread God's love through education? So the impact is that I hope you're getting the message here. If I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm missing the point uh, completely. But I'm going to show you two videos, if I may. Um, the first video is from Irena, um, who is our Belarusian national leader and her husband, Misha. And we were just in Slovenia for our, our worldwide conference recently. And we sat with them over a lunch table asking, so how is it for you right now? And how they even got to be there was miraculous, I can tell you that. And they were saying that 150,000 young men have fled Belarus to Poland or Moldova because they do not want to be called up by the Russians to suddenly fight for them. So they're seeing a mass exodus right now. How can we support How can you say, well, we need to keep bringing education here. Please don't stop because of our situation. So you're going to hear from Irena um, right now, if I may. And again, uh, after that, I'm going to uh, go to Romania about one of our newest schools in Bucharest. But there's Irena. <laughs> I'd love you to pray for Irena, her husband, Misha, right now. He's a, a pastor of a church. Um, and they're hearing the bombs uh, at the moment going off most days. Um, I appreciate, I'm sure you have um, work going on with Ukraine right now. We have missionaries in Ukraine doing the same. We were talking to a church in, sorry, we were talking to a school in Russia in St. Petersburg recently who had to evacuate all their staff, including some of our members. One, primarily because we couldn't pay them. It was a really big deal. And clearly they had to flee. So another amazing God story is there. But I'd love you to keep praying because the Belarusian English camps usually have between 18 and 20 people. And we're really careful. If I'm throwing loads of numbers at you, I'm not showing how many people are converted. I don't want to go down that route. That's very, very dangerous. But from 18 to 20 people attending English camps, it's fair to say that the numbers who are becoming Christians through it is absolutely wonderful to see. Um, and I just would love you to think about how we can maybe support Irena and Misha in Belarus. Um, the next camp, well, it's not a camp, is a Bucharest Christian Academy. Now, did I read somewhere that you actually have missionaries in Romania? Is that right? Fantastic. But you know, whereabouts are they? Oh, Kalaresh. Okay, fantastic. So this is in Bucharest. Um, and this video, we're just, I know, feel free to go onto our YouTube and you can, you can see these as another date. 
Um, but Bucharest Christian Academy was actually, the head teacher here was saying they were going through a really quite a rough trot, actually. It was pretty bad. The local community weren't happy. The school was not imploding, but it wasn't doing well. It wasn't healthy. Um, and they reached and they said, we thought we were going to close down. Um, and someone very kindly said, have you heard about Teach Beyond? Have you thought about Teach Beyond? And so much so, thankfully, through people that in our services, we also help uh, schools raise money um, as well for capital projects as well. It's another service we provide. They were able to find X amount of money through a fundraising campaign that's not only helped keep the school open, but more staff have come back. The local community has come back and it's beginning to thrive. And it sounds quite contrite, but it's the truth. That's what's happening. And we're investing in these schools, and it's a wonderful to think, wonderful way to think about how we can contribute. So that's in Bucharest. Okay, well, let's not worry about that too much more. But let's get to Latin America. Has anyone visited Latin America? Vested interest in Latin America? Fantastic place, Latin America, I have to say, just with the Brazilian team recently. Again, you can just see a bit more here, similar kind of ideas. Teach Beyond Brazil also is approximately over 50 years old. I'm based in Gramado, uh, hoping to be there. What's been exciting recently is that Uruguay has just come online. Here we now have uh, English camps running in Uruguay. Uh, we can also see in the Dominican Republic, um, I believe, and Cap Haitian. We've just been working with this school in Haiti, for example, that had a pretty rough time recently, uh, bringing them back to some health. Uh, Belize. You can see most of the names are in there. And there's one thing here I think in the Dominican Republic that's really important to remember is that if, I'm not sure where you're feeling about Christian education, but we're helping start schools that are the only Christian education, if that makes sense. And this is really important to help these schools support these schools in understanding what it's like to be a light and a blessing, not just to the students, but the outflowing therein. Um, and so some of these schools in Latin America purely are the only Christian schools um, within the context. Now, hopefully there's a video here from one of the national workers in one of those schools, and I'll let her speak. Hola, mi nombre es Rubanes Almanza. Laboro acá en Arbor Christian Academy, ubicado en San Francisco de Macorís, República Dominicana. Actualmente estoy laborando en el área de administración. Soy asistente administrativa. Y esa posición la obtuve en enero del 2018. Desde esa época estoy acá. Y para mí ha sido una experiencia maravillosa, tanto en el área profesional como personal. Conocer la historia de Arbor Christian Academy y ser testigo de ella de primera mano es realmente una gran bendición. Porque no había una institución educativa que aparte de conocimiento también enseñara y mostrara a Cristo. Es maravilloso. No solamente lo estructurar como Dios proveyó para que este edificio que hoy en día vemos exista, sino también de cómo cada persona Dios la fue trayendo y sigue trayendo. Hemos visto su mano obrar. Mi familia está constituida por mi esposo, con el cual tengo ya casi 15 años de matrimonio, Alex, él es pastor. Nuestro hijo mayor, Alex Gabriel. Tenemos una niña, eh, Sofía, que es la segunda, tiene siete años, y Josué, que tiene cuatro. Mis hijos han sido grandemente bendecidos, no solo en conocimiento, sino en relaciones. El hecho de que ellos vean maestros que modelen lo que enseñen, que esas, esos valores que tenemos escritos en las paredes a cada momento Nosotros los estamos modelando para que ellos lo vean y también de igual manera lo repitan. Mi propio hijo, mi propio hijo hizo decisión, mi hijo mayor, y 
compadre. Eso es un padre obviamente creyente, que mi mayor anhelo más que mis hijos sean profesionales, que Dios sea su, su motivo de vivir. Y mi hijo, más que conocimiento, también aquí he encontrado esa, esa bendición de conocer a Cristo en estas paredes. Realmente, eh, Vanessa eh, está trabajando en un proyecto que ha sido una gran bendición para nuestra casa, para nuestra familia. Estoy tan feliz de que ella esté elaborando en ese lugar porque se respira en ese lugar un ambiente de paz, un ambiente de tranquilidad, donde los niños pueden aprender con amor, con valores, eh, donde los maestros eh, se llevan bien como una familia y, y lo que parece está aprendiendo y creciendo allá lo está desarrollando aquí en la casa. Y, y o sea que por todos los lados es una bendición que mi esposa esté trabajando en ese proyecto. El año 2020 fue un año para recordar. <risa> Llegó un punto donde el encierro, mis hijos colapsaron, mayormente Sofía. Ella colapsó, no quería seguir estudiando. A cada momento yo la encontraba llorando en su habitación porque ella te extrañaba a su colegio, extrañaba a sus compañeros. Todos los tres les sucedía lo mismo, pero ella fue la que exteriorizó las emociones. Y yo doy muchas gracias a Dios porque en esta parte también el colegio nos asistió y nos apoyó porque entendían la necesidad de comunidad. Desde mi posición he tenido la gran bendición de desarrollarme, de servir a otros. Yo no considero ICA un trabajo, sino más bien un ministerio, un lugar donde Dios me ha traído para servir, para ayudar a los demás. Que pueda ser utilizado para la gloria y honra del Señor desde esa posición. que una bendición me siento realmente bendecida y, y le pido a Dios realmente que que me siga utilizando en el colegio de poder servir a las familias a, los, a mis niños que los extraño con todo mi corazón cada día y verlos crecer y desarrollarse como individuos como personas que sirven a su, a su comunidad pero que también conozcan al Señor como su único y suficiente Salvador. Esa es mi oración. Hmm. Amen. I'll try to represent this in a very simple way because I'm quite a simple man. And that is, I think, if we can work together as one, as a church, As an agency like Teach Beyond, um, with individuals who can support and trusts, even though trust, you know, is a bigger word, but trusts who may be able to help provide funding and whatever it may be. If we truly partnership as one beautifully to send one or to send one family, like we went on a one way ticket to Chiang Mai in 2005 with three young boys to reach one child, the beginning of that ripple effect just goes on and on and on. That that one student, that one child could then reach one family who can reach one community. 
That's a prayer that I've, I'm going to share with it just shortly. And that one community can share one region and one country. Now, can anyone tell me what country that is? Ecuador. Ecuador. It's a very good guess. It's not the right one, though. But thank you for being brave and speaking up. I love that. Peru. Peru. It's not Peru. Uruguay. It's not Uruguay, no. Again? Paraguay? No, that's not in Paraguay. It is Bolivia. Were you thinking it? Did anyone say it and not speak up? <laughs> yeah, there was right here, look. <laughs> okay, so here's a region of Bolivia, um, and this is Bolivia. And the reason why I've chosen this country is that I was just doing some training recently um, with the head teacher um, of one of the Christian schools in there. And she's actually from Colombia, and her, her name is um, Maria. I'll call her Maria, if I may, for now. And she said, actually, Matt, what we're hoping with this school is exactly this, is that our students can affect, truly transform a country, she said, by demonstrating Christ's love. That was her absolute prayer. As Jim College used a big, hairy, audacious goal. Her prayer for those students in her school is that they actually not just transform the region, or the, sorry, let the Lord transform the region, but the entire country for good. Um, and I just pray that's something that we could even think about down the road as best we can. So what does partnership look like? Well, we would always, you hear missionaries uh, talk about, and mission agencies talk about pray, give, and go. I think that's pretty straightforward, and I think you probably understand what that means. I'd like you to think of time, treasure, and talent. You know, I'm hoping that something, even today or down the, down the next few weeks or whatever it may be, that you feel, I'd like to do something. I'd like to do something. And even as a church, as a corporate body, as a church, or even as individuals or as a family, I don't mind. You know, just pray and keep praying about it. But we're asking people, would you be willing to contribute some of your time? That could be by going. It could be saying, actually, Matt, I'm really good at this. Do you need some skills here? In the UK office, there's myself uh, and four other part-time members. We're looking for people who can do accounting. We're looking for people who can do recruiting, mobilizing, so we can share more across this country. We're talking about um, working with Ireland right now and working out how we could be a vessel for people to go as best we can. So if you think you've got any skills or anything that um, you would give up some time for, I'll be very grateful. Your treasure is between you and the Lord, whatever that may be. That might be funds in a bank account. It might be anything. But is there any way that you could use some of the treasure he's blessed you with to help go towards missions? As a, an organization, it's, it's one of the realities of life that my wife and I are completely still supported missionaries. They're still phone. Would anyone still, would you be willing to pray with us? Tonight I'm asking about on the agency. Would you be able to continue to back the work um, with what we're doing in the UK? But then talent or gifts. That's the kind of thing. What am I good at? What can I do for the Lord? I remember in the night uh, that I felt absolutely compelled by the Lord to suddenly look on a website for schools that don't pay, pay any money. And what happened was that we were doing the 40 days of purpose. Do you remember the, the Rick Warren Purpose Driven Life series and Siren Sister? And the Lord said to me very clearly, I wish I can't say I'm a super, super spiritual guy that I hear from the Lord like this all the time. Okay, so again, please bear this in mind. But clear as day, that one night sitting in my front room in Siren Sester, he said, use your gift for me. And he turned my whole world upside down that night because we were going to go to Hong Kong and work international schools because that's where they paid the most money. Make the money, come home, build a bigger house, drive the nicer car. Honestly, that was our plan. 
He said, use your gift for me. And that night I looked on the website and there was Wycliffe UK and it had Grace International School, don't pay any salary. Fantastic. Sign me up. Delicate conversation was had (laughs) and a process to get there, you know. But it was just that trust and obey. So I honestly don't mind how you think about it. But if you've got gifts and talents, my whole world got turned upside down. Going on a one-way ticket, meeting those kids and thinking, okay, Lord, here I am. And there was times when I'm standing on the Burmese border at refugee camps with those sports leaders. And we did 27 trips. Lord, what am I doing here? As much as my friend from Glasgow is in Long Crendon. If you're willing to just submit to his will and lean into that, I pray, then who knows where he's going to take you? Who knows? So I just pray that you can use your talents for him with us or with whoever. I just pray you use them. Don't let them be wasted. So that's us. And I will leave that there tonight. So any questions? Yeah, I'll leave that there. So there's a microphone thing here. So any questions you'd love to ask? I may have missed a few things. So please, yeah. Hi. Can you tell us a bit more about the refugee camps that you talked about in yes. Greece? Yes, in Greece. So you appreciate Camp Moria um, and the things that happened there. So the United Nations uh, set up schools to begin with, and then actually one of our the leader of uh, Beyond Borders had said, "How can we help get in there?" And so we actually collaborate with about four other mission agencies in there right now, and the schooling is open to all children. Um, they run, I think, in about 18 different tents right now. And we send short-term teams there for the summer. We send them um, for three-month periods. And we're trying to work out, could we do it for a month? Ideally, we're looking for people who go for years. But the camp is run. Uh, we run English in the camps. We run health lessons in the camps. There's sports in the camps. Um, and actually, some people, if I showed you that video, you can look online for the video. You'll see some people saying that this is home and they're never going to leave. So how can we make it as pleasurable for them as, as they can at the same time? So... But the camp is run for all the children who've actually come on those boats and you've seen it. And we actually, there was a film that was made about it and it won a, did win a couple of international awards, but it's called Life Jacket. And if you looked at that, you'll see the work directly. Did that answer the question? I want to make sure I'm answering the questions. If I'm not, just say so. Yeah, just two more things. So you yeah. mentioned you, you teach English to the adults there? As adults, well? Yes, absolutely. To the refugee, yeah. There's a, there's a women's ministry specifically, and you can understand the cultural. We, we try to culturally adapt to everything that we do, what is appropriate. So there's a specific women's English ministry that's running for them as well. And also, what's the minimum time you take somebody? <laughs> mm, that's a brilliant question. Okay. Yeah, let's have a conversation. <laughs> now, honestly, me that we were actually talking about short-term missionary. When Bromwich's parents went on a boat in 1966 to Japan, um, mission meant life. And in missiological terms, things have changed dramatically recently. So anything long-term is really over two years now. But we're looking for we're looking at six months. We're looking at a, a month for English camp. So feel free, we could have a chat. Maybe what capacities? I appreciate capacity is a big thing. So. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Thanks, Colin. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know if... uh, What I was thinking, you're saying in the UK that (laughs) you work amongst Christian schools. Beginning to, yeah. Beginning to, right. Yeah, very early stages. And, of course, what's probably on many of our hearts is our secular schools that are being bombarded with all kinds of things. Yeah. Is there any kind of link that you can have to help Christian teachers in those positions? 
Absolutely, actually, yes. So, absolutely. The, the Christian Schools Trust, for example, are one of the organizations that are kind of an umbrella organization for um, the Christian schools, and there's also an association of Christian teachers that are around the country as well, and we're just making connections with them. So our global office, the Teach Beyond Global office, actually happens to be in Horsham. Right. Which is amazing when I heard that. I went, Horsham, why Horsham? Um, but they placed it between Heathrow and Gatwick. And they wanted to be GMT because of the global nature. And so actually someone from our global office is going to a couple of those conferences coming up. I, I would have gone, but I'm actually traveling, so I can't be there. But yes, I think I was a Christian teacher in the United Kingdom. And my twin boys are both teachers in the United Kingdom right now. And what they're bombarded with is it's tough, mm-hmm. is it not? Exactly. So how can we support them? Yeah. Actually, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You can say, say, yeah. Is your hand go up? Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Our older boys right now feel very much called to stay where they are. They're mm. both, one of them is in a school with 2,000 kids where he's yet to meet a Christian. Mm. And so, you know, he's, um, feels very much called to stay. But yeah, mm. that's a great idea how mm-hmm. we can, um, support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I mean, think about how can we create partnerships between those schools and other schools around the world, right? You know, and can do those kind of things as well. And so, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, very much appreciate that. Yeah. Any other questions? Has it made sense? I hope so. Sorry if I haven't. I do apologise, but I hope it's made some sense that we can use education as an incredible tool. Um, any last questions at all? I think maybe if there aren't any questions, maybe we just just pray. Um, yeah, lovely. So pray for teachers, teachers where we are, as we spoke about being uh, light in the darkness where mm-hmm. we're placed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then also praying for maybe one of us may feel the, the, the Lord's calling us to go abroad mm-hmm. to teach in a setting uh, where there aren't many Christians, that we would be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so pray for teachers here, pray for teachers who may be called to this, mm-hmm. pray for those who are in some of the places we've heard, difficult places, refugee camps, mm-hmm. uh, other places as well, other contexts. So maybe let's just spend maybe until um, 10 past... Um, just praying for for those just in small groups where we are. So.